Welcome to the Boston University Halloween Special. On this episode, scary stories, Halloween safety, and more. Who the hell was that? <laughs> what I, was that? I don't know. And you saw the board, right? The board started lighting up all weird. It sounded real spooky. It's the podcast ghost. <laughs> it's gotta be. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. My favorite time of year. Mm-hmm, mine too. Well, I, no, I can't lie because Christmas is my favorite, but Halloween is a close second. I have the tattoos to prove it. I know. John has a whole sleeve and his chest done and it's all halloween themed love halloween so his chest piece is kind of like a ouija board it says hello goodbye it has an owl and it's um there's like a moon and then it kind of goes into his shoulder and there's a haunted mansion with a man in the window yep um and then it goes down to kind of like a graveyard but it's like a bunch of pumpkins and stuff then there's one main pumpkin that's super spooky how could you forget about the trick-or-treater? Oh, I forgot. I forgot about the trick-or-treater. So to the, like on the inside of his bicep, there is a trick-or-treater that's dressed as a ghost with his little trick-or-treat pail. And there's um like three witches. Are they witches? What are they? They are, they're like jack-o'-lantern witch hybrid things. They're yeah, creepy. They're and creepy. then separated from it, but it'll soon be part of it, mm-hmm. is a Grim Reaper Opal Marie. Our baby Opal the passed edition. away. Realistic. She's the newest addition. He just got it, uh, what, two months ago? Mm-hmm. If anybody in the area is looking for a great tattoo artist, um, Oscar at Teddy Bear Inc. is amazing. Amazing. He all did right. all my work as well. So now that we know that our mixing board is haunted, <laughs> I don't know what the deal is with that, um, but it saves us from having to do the intro. It does. I'm sure everybody's tired of the same intro over and over <laughs> again. So this podcast is brought to you by the podcast ghost. All right, let's be joining do us it. for this episode, I assume. Um, anyway, the topic, obviously, for this episode is all about Halloween. And I know a lot of people are probably wondering, especially people with anxious dogs, are wondering, like, what can I do to keep my dog safe, to keep mm-hmm. my dog's stress level down? Halloween's yes. obviously a very stressful time for dogs. You have, well, it's a stressful time for dogs who are easily stressed out. Well, I equate it to 4th of July. 4th of July, you have things they can't see. Yes. Halloween, you have things they can see. You have kids in masks and costumes and nothing is normal. No, they're like, what the hell is going on? Energy is crazy because the kids are all hyped up on sugar. The doorbell's ringing or or someone's knocking on the door. How often does the doorbell ring that much? Right. So I'd like to just briefly dig into what kind of tips do you have for, for people who have anxious dogs or maybe their dogs aren't even that anxious, but they're just worried about them. What kind of tips, like what can they do to kind of make their lives a little easier for those couple hours the trick-or-treaters are coming around and so what i would start off with is making sure you have a lot of mental stimulation so frozen bones kongs anything that you know that your dog really likes to chew on a work to eat toy that's going to take them more than 20 minutes to finish and after this they should be tired but this should be used to kind of distract them away from the craziness that's going on, aka the doorbell ringing 20 million times. Um, I would save this for the time in your town that things are the craziest. It's a little tough this year. It's on a Saturday. I know. It's tough because it's basically going to be all day. I would assume people are going to start around noon and possibly go till 8 o'clock at night, depending on their schedules. Um, But if you know your town well enough, I don't know if some towns aren't doing Halloween because of COVID and stuff like that. I know we're 
doing it over here um, in Monmouth County, New Jersey. So we're happy about that. But um, I'm sure that there's going to be drawn out between each pack of kids. So um, just make sure that you have enough mental stimulation for your dog to get through the day. So that's the first thing, Make, making sure they have mental stimulations. I mean, that's high value that can be, they can be distracted away from what's really going on. Um, if you have a very, very anxious dog, let's start off with that. They need to be out of the situation. Don't think that um, they're going to sit on the couch and watch you open the door a million times and hear the doorbell ring and they're not going to bark or, or rush the door. It's not right. going to happen. So I would just save yourself the grief and the time Maybe set up a back room uh, away from the door, maybe your bedroom if that's where they sleep with you at night, somewhere where they're super comfortable and put them in there, close the door, TV or music on, mental stimulation. Um, maybe, you know, you have two dogs, they can keep each other company. Anything where they're not going to be wanting to get out and get to you the entire time, hopefully this is something that can be done. Um but I think that's the biggest fo focus for the really anxious dogs is taking them out of the situation. Don't set them up to fail because they will. So just limiting their exposure to what's stressing them out altogether. Yes. And it's only one night. So it's not like you're you're exiling them for a week because you're having family visit. You know, it's very different. It, this is It's one day. So do what you can to keep them safe and away from the craziness. Because mm -hmm. it's like you said, it's a Saturday. So it's going to be a little nuts this year. So... If you have a dog that is maybe not as not as anxious, maybe like John said, just, you know, any dog in general, this is going to be kind of weird for them. So what I would do is probably set up some sort of like baby gate or a way for them to be kind of away from the front door. You don't want to have to keep worrying about them running out when that door opens and them charging the door. I mean, the doorbell is going to like kind of set them off to begin with because it, right. it never rings that much. So it's it's just a weird day for them. So even if these are not behaviors that they normally exhibit, don't be shocked when they happen. So if you don't do this and you don't put up a baby gate or give them something to do while this is all going down, do not be surprised if they rush the door, try to bark at people, are getting super riled up, riled up and aren't doing what they normally do, not listening to commands. That is unexpected because what the situation is to them is unexpected. So they're going to act very different. So try and keep that in mind. Try to set them up for success, have things for them to do, but make sure that you're making it easy on yourself as well. If you are going to be opening up that door and having that dog still kind of in the same room with you, everyone's house setup is different, but if you can do a baby gate or maybe use furniture to kind of block them where they're, they can still be in the room, but they can't get to the door. Mm. I know that a lot of the fun for adults is answering the door for trick-or-treaters and it's like seeing their costumes and everything and, yes. and just being a part of it. But like you said, like making it easy on yourself, if you think you're going to have a huge issue with this, just do the old-fashioned fill up a bowl, put a take one sign where you know they're all just going to take a fistful. Oh, um, I hate that. But just, that was me. I was that kid. <laughs> uh, at I married a, a criminal. At least if it was a bowl full of Reese's, I couldn't resist. What about Kit Kats? It wasn't until I got older that I really cared about Kit Kats. Mm, learning so much about you. We're digging deep here. <laughs> so set up, if you can, and it doesn't mean that much to you, just set up a bowl and just keep an eye on it and refill it as needed and make sure that nobody steals your bowl like use I did. Your, use your ring, your ring doorbell. Just spy on them every single time they come up. So yeah, I think those are some, uh, that's a good strategy. I for, think so. I It's... 
it's tough because a lot of people will ask us these types of things, but it's hard. These are things that everybody needs to be working on prior to Halloween. Right. Which is why we're not talking about like, what can you do to make your dog react better to these situations? It's a little late, you know, by the time you're listening to this, Halloween is in three days. Yeah. Right. Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday is number three. Yes. It's in three days. Yeah. Doesn't give you a lot of time to practice. And that's if you're listening to this on the first day. So, this episode's more about just managing the behavior of the day of. Things you can do now without any preparation to keep your pets safe. So, outside of anxiety, there's some general safety concerns because Halloween's a very different day. Mm-hmm. The candy bowl. If you aren't leaving it outside, you need to keep it somewhere out of reach. Oh, God, yes. Because that is going to be a hot commodity. It's very interesting. Every time something happens, the doorbell rings, the door opens, that candy bowl is what's involved. You're picking it up. You're bringing it to the door. It's very interesting. It's moving around the room. It's extra interesting than it normally would be. Yeah, exactly. You're get, it's it's got everybody's attention. What is it about this bowl? Everybody's no, so interested. No, I have never met one person that's given out candy isn't stealing some candy while they're doing so. Right. So they see what's going on. They see that this is something of some value, at least to humans. So it might be intriguing to them. But it's important to remember that most of the candy in that bowl is on some level toxic to dogs. So you have cocoa, which obviously is going to be in dark chocolate and milk chocolate. Yes at least for a larger breed in milk chocolate aren't really much of a concern. We've had we've seen large breed dogs like mow through an entire like family size bag of dark of uh, milk chocolate. Uh, I believe my chocolate lab growing up, me and my best friend Jess made an entire pan of brownies and we walked down the hallway and he jumped up. This was I was 7, so <laughs> You should have known better. I know. Shame um, on Um he jumped up and ate only the inside and left like the crusty outside of the pan, which nobody likes. I mean, yeah. I don't like it. I know there are that, some that's people That's a power like move. And I was like, what? So my parents obviously freaked out. He was fine. He had diarrhea. Diarrhea. That's usually. Because they were just milk chocolate. It wasn't yes. It wasn't the dark chocolate. So the, the cocoa is usually in a small enough amount to just really kind of cause like a GI upset. Unless it's like a, a little chihuahua. It doesn't take a whole lot for it to become toxic. Yeah. Dark chocolate has it in much higher amounts. You know, you have like 93 if not higher percent chocolate, that's enough to really do some damage on a larger dog. It leads to like renal failure, all kinds of issues. Didn't Zeus eat chocolate like twice now? Yeah, nephew? he got into M&M's, I think. And then I think he also ate something else. I want to say Easter related. Yeah, probably a bunny. No, he's a he's like a 70 pound pity. pity. He's adorable. But he loves food. He, what's, what's the word for a dog? Instead of being an escape artist, what would you call him when it comes to food? He's always getting into something and I don't know how he does it. He's like a Houdini when he it comes to food. I guess food. Houdini, yeah. He'll, he'll get his way into any container. He'll like get they into got the garbage. a garbage can that locks and he still gets in. They have to keep it in the garage. It's No, it's literally ridiculous. He just loves his food. He does. He's a fan. He knows what he likes. So on top of the, the cocoa and the chocolate, Xylitol, that's an artificial sweetener that's used in place of sugar, and mm-hmm. it's in a lot of different candies. I couldn't tell you what candies it's in off the top of my head. Well, it's in peanut butter, right? That's No. No? So there, that was circulating on on Facebook for a while, but okay. it's like from like 2010, if not later. It was like a dollar store peanut butter. Um, you're not going to find Xylitol because I've checked the shelves oh. in just about anything. I mean, obviously check. Can you tell who's the researcher in the relationship? Exactly. <laughs> 
But yeah, if you're getting like a credible brand like Jif, any of the natural ones, you're not going to get xylitol. Okay. So it's not really concerned with peanut butter. That just kind of became more of a viral post and why someone would put xylitol in peanut butter to begin with. Hey guys, I just want to drop in real quick in post-production to clarify something. I had just finished telling you that you weren't really going to find xylitol and peanut butter on the shelves. I want to say I stand corrected. There are currently five peanut butter brands that use xylitol. Go Nuts Co., Crush Nutrition, Nuts and More, P28 Foods, and Protein Plus PB. All of those are boutique peanut butter brands. They're sold in like vitamin shop. And they're basically supplement companies. They usually add protein, something else in there. So it's not something you'd typically be buying to give to your dog anyway due to, one, the price tag, and two, the added stuff that's in it like protein. So always check your labels. But for the most part, if you're getting peanut butter like that you'd use for your kids' school lunches, it's usually just going to be peanuts, salt, and sometimes regular sugar. Okay, back to the Halloween special. All right, next up is if you're old school like me, you love carved jack-o'-lanterns. You don't paint, none of that nonsense. Uh-huh. You carve with a big butcher knife, so all you can do is big triangles, and you have a jack-o'-lantern, and you put a candle in it. If you have that inside your house, you need to watch it. Yes. That could be a huge fire hazard. If you're not paying attention, and that's the big thing about holidays, is you tend to be mentally somewhere else. You're not paying attention the way you normally would be. So that's why we need to tell you things you already know, like watch your lit jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah. Because if they knock it over, that's a fire hazard. I don't know how many fires happen a year from jack-o'-lanterns in the house getting tipped over by animals or small kids. I think also, and I'm bringing this up because I literally had a training today with um, Harper. So they told me they had to put down their, their very old dog. And the day after, they were carving pumpkins trying to lift their spirits. And they didn't realize Harper's, she's not even a year yet. She's a cutie, but she, she definitely is a foodie. Um, they didn't realize that she got into the garbage a little bit with where the, where the scrapings were with the seeds and, and the guts. Yeah. And I think the she got, stuff. she got a good, a good gulp of the seeds and they, they don't know if, if she's allergic to pumpkin or if, if the seeds didn't sit well with her, her entire face blew up. Her eyes were like swollen shut. My God. It was, she said it was so traumatic. And I was like, so much for lifting your spirits. What? So they gave her Benadryl and it it didn't get any better. Um, And then her whole nose swelled up. So they had to rush her to a Garden State vet. And they gave her a steroid, I think prednisone. They had to watch it. She threw up like four times after that. So watch your pumpkins as well. Because if you have a foodie that doesn't really care what they eat, they just smell something. They're like, oh, this must be food. They may eat the inside and hopefully they're not allergic like Harper was. But I mean, they obviously didn't know that she was allergic. So that was a surprise. And nobody's trying to go to the emergency vet on Halloween. Some quick fire safety tips from the NFPA. That's the National Fire Prevention Association. They recommend using a battery operated candle or a glow stick. I didn't even think about glow sticks. A glow stick? Yeah. That's a good idea. Wow. You could do different colors then too. Oh God. You going to get all crazy now? I need a pumpkin first. <laughs> well, that little one. So, moving on. I don't recommend leaving costumes on your dogs. No, not not unless you're with them. Because that's going to get shredded. Yeah. Ch- chances are, unless your dog is like super low key. Or um, like Oakley, who actually really loves his costume. That's his lion costume. He loves it. We put, so he has a lion costume. It's basically just a mane but it matches him perfectly. Can you post a picture? I will. I can do that. 
post it tomorrow. Post yeah, it. I'll post it tomorrow. I'll post from university. And so it literally matches him perfectly. And when he has it on. Matches him as far as the color. The color. Yes. Um, so it looks like it's literally attached to him. And when he puts it on, he struts it around, shows everybody, wants everybody to pet it. Like he is got so, fake ears too. He's so but proud he looks of like it. a lion. It's yes. hilarious. He's so proud of it. And um, so I don't think he'd ever destroy it because I think he feels one with his costume when he has it on. Pudgeline, on the other hand, get this unicorn okay. costume off of me. I keep reusing the same costumes. I know. Because. Well, last year we did something adorable. new with her. Last year she was. Um, um, was it Dorothy? Oh, yeah. From The Wizard of Oz. One. That's a good one. She was so cute with the braids. With the, with the braids, yeah. And lastly, because of the nature of the day. Keep your pets identifiable. Yes. That means put on their collar, mm-hmm. make sure their tag is legible and up to date. And if you can update their microchip information, if they aren't microchip, get them microchipped. We've Do talked it. about this Do a million times. <laughs> um, but just make sure they're identifiable. If God forbid they slip out the door or they they went trick or treating with you and they get lost, make sure that they have a collar with your phone number and not just your address. Because if you're out of the house, yeah, someone doesn't, tries to bring doesn't your dog no back. good. You're not there, so make sure you have a phone number, up to date, everything, so you're all good to go. God forbid your dog slips out of the house or gets away from you on leash. So that's all of the safety tips we have. Um, would you like to hear the fun fact? Yes, I would. That's nice fun fact music, is Ghost isn't it? is back. I think he is. <laughs> is he gonna talk? I don't know. Ghost, I'm giving the fun fact. Don't interject. Settle down. On Instagram, at Possum University, we ran a poll earlier last week, and we asked, and maybe you contributed to this poll, do you believe your dog can see ghosts? What do you think? I think they absolutely can. You think they can? 100%. I do too, because I've seen weird things. And obviously, to believe this, you need to believe that ghosts, ghosts exist. exist. But don't get me started <laughs> on how many planets there are. 700 quintillion planets. Yes. What are the odds that ghosts are possible? I think I think it's pretty possible. I think so. Over 300 dog owners contributed and said they believe their dog can see ghosts. 87% of the dog owners that we surveyed believe their dog can see ghosts. I'm going to guess that's probably because of some weird experience they had. I'm sure. And then we went on to ask, do you have any weird ghost stories with your dog? Mm-hmm. And we got we got a couple, but one of them was kind of like one of them really stood out. Like I actually got chills. One of them was really, really creepy. Yeah, this is from our listener, call me Maddie. Her adorable dog Sophie, who they lost last year, she definitely saw a spirit. So she said her stepmom used to work at a hotel, and they were restyling the entire place. They gave away all the furniture. It was in perfect condition. They took a beautiful, tall, leaning mirror. She said in parentheses, I should have known. It's nothing ever comes <laughs> no, no. old antique mirrors. Especially from a hotel. The, it, think about all the images they've projected. Ugh, like their entire stop. life. No. Like, <laughs> no, stop it. So they took the, the tall, leaning mirror and their daughter put it in her room. Needless to say, a few days later, we would hear Sophie barking like she normally would when she saw somebody. This was happening frequently when she was in the bedroom by herself. Every time we would go into the room to see what was going on, there was Sophie at the edge of the bed barking directly into the mirror. 
I have chills right now reading it again, and I already read this like three times already. Get to it. Okay. Uh, we thought it was nothing, but then, dot, 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 it continued. We started hearing what sounded like footsteps, but there was nothing there. The next day, my daughter was home alone, and the smoke detector went off. She ran down, and the oven was on high smoking, but no one was there. But then Sophie was back in the room barking at the mirror. Uh, then she messaged me again because she remembered that there was another creepy part to the story. Which happened to be the creepiest. Yes. So she said this was the creepiest part of the entire debacle of this mirror. On one of those days, Sophie was barking. My oldest daughter was in the room and heard knocking on the adjoining wall, which is something that they would do to get each other's attention, both daughters. However, no one was in the room. When her sister didn't respond, she called her on her cell phone. She was in the backyard choking on a sandwich. All while Sophie was barking. Makes you think. Must have been a good ghost. I guess, but also turned on the oven, so I don't know. Well, so I, not I wanted, a good chef. Yeah, maybe not. Or baker. I wanted to clarify. I said, so the ghost saved your daughter's life? This is wild to me. Did the other daughter run outside? She said, I have no idea how to explain it. She picked up her cell phone and she was coughing. She was able to talk enough and told her she was in the backyard. My oldest ran like hell. They called me up and said, get that effing mirror out of the house. When my husband got home, he got rid of it. Sophie never barked in that corner again. Wow. Yeah. That's weird. Yep. She was a Bichon Yorkie mix. and She was very protective of the girls. They said they never, ever saw her act like that ever again. I literally have chills. Like, that's just so creepy. Strange. So creepy. Whether you believe it or not, it's strange. But, like, why else would she be barking into a mirror repetitively? I doubt it's the first mirror she's ever seen in her life. No. Of course. Some dogs react to their reflection, but I think they would know that if that's Mm -hmm. what was going on. So, it's interesting. So, thank you, Maddie, for that. That's awesome. You got chills over I there? Do, I do, I do. I can't out. get it out. You got to do a shake off. Ugh. A Reddit user shared the story about a mysterious dog in my childhood. At the time of writing this, I'm 15. This happened maybe when I was three to five years old. I remember in my family's house, I used to see a fairly big German shepherd around my house. It never moved or came at me, but it only stared from a distance. From what I can remember, I've never approached it, called out or anything. And I remember this one encounter vividly. I saw the dog at the top of the stairs that led to an attic. We stared at each other, but I blinked and it was gone. I went and checked the attic and it wasn't there. If you're wondering, I did ask my parents if I had a German Shepherd. They said we had two dogs who look like Pomeranian breed. I'm 100% sure that it's not those dogs. And if anything, it was twice as large as them. Whoa. Isn't that weird? That's really weird. I actually had another listener send me their story. It's shorter, but still just as creepy. Um, he said, my dog barks in the middle of the night, chasing something out of the room. They're on the second floor. I look at my nest camera and I see both cats are sleeping on the couch in the living room on the first floor. My nest protect was not activated, which means it wasn't triggered like the by alarm movement. System, the mo- yes. motion sensor. Until the dog ran past it. Hmm. And I said, is this every night? He said, no, maybe once or twice a week. They said, it's a ghost cat. They named him Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. It's really right. Interesting. Like that's crazy. And like I know there's so many, so many more stories out there. Oh God, I bet. With all the listeners we have, I'm sure that maybe you guys have some stories to share with us at Possum Podcast. You can you tweet go. us at Possum Podcast. Uh, tell us about your ghost story. Obviously, you're limited to some characters there. If it's a really long one, email us possumuniversity at gmail.com. I'd love to hear it. 
if anybody doesn't know, um, I love Halloween, but I am the biggest scaredy cat in the world. If you can send us your uh, dog-related scary story, we'll get it out on the small bite before Halloween. Ooh, yeah, do that. So if you have a story for us, send please send it to us. Yeah, otherwise we're not going to have an episode, and you'll have nothing to listen to. There was I don't know if you noticed. I didn't do a small bite last week. You didn't? No, there was no upload on Friday. I don't know if anybody missed it. Nobody came knocking, so. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just I couldn't settle on something, and I didn't want to do it half-assed, so. All right. I skipped. Okay. Everybody deserves a break every now and then, John. Sorry, guys. But I really think that would be fun. So if you have a ghost story, we want to hear it. Send it to us, and it'll be part of our pre-Halloween small bite. I like that. Friday small bite. All right. Moving on, I wanted to share with you one of the several reviews we've gotten in the last few days. Thank you for that, by the way, guys. It's amazing, right? We really really appreciate it. It's really, really cool to see, especially when we started almost the whole first season. We're kind of like, is anybody home? Mm-hmm. Anybody listening to this? Are we talking to the universe? And But now it's it's really kind of cool to see everybody's feedback and see that we're actually helping you guys, whether you take all of our advice, just a little bit of it. It's kind of cool to see. Yeah. Listener Kate said, so, 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 so amazing. I discovered John and Jamie after they were on Elvis Duran, and wow, I'm glad I turned the radio on that morning. They are so informative and provide credible and reliable information. It really has helped me learn so much before I adopt my first dog. Seriously, you need to be listening to this. And it was five stars. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. That's really an awesome review. So thank you so much, Kate. And uh, I don't know if we can guarantee that this episode is credible because we're talking about doggy ghost stories. (laughs) But I hope it provides some level of entertainment. But thank you so much. And if, if you can... Leave us a five-star review. I think Apple Podcasts is the place to go to leave us a review. Even if you're listening on iHeartRadio, Spotify, if you have an iPhone, open up that Apple Podcast app, give us a five-star rating, and leave us a comment. And uh, we're just going to keep shouting you guys out because yes. we just appreciate it so much. And then I also wanted to give a shout-out to Devin. Devin Seaman. He bought us some coffees. He did. And I'm very happy about that because you know how I am about coffee. So sending love and support from Boston. Always love staying tuned to your new content. So thank you so much, Devin. We are going to savor every sip of that coffee. Mm. And uh, I think we'll have a little left over to get Oakley a bone. Oakley, you want a bone? He's sitting right next to us. He's putting his his chin on my chair. So that's something I didn't mention. If you buy us a coffee, we don't need to spend it on a coffee. We can buy dog bones marrow bones or bully yeah. sticks so anything to keep us going you could buy us a coffee you could buy a bone for the dogs just tell us what you want us to spend it on yeah and we'll do it as long as it's legal <laughs> good thing you mentioned that did you want to do an ask the trainer this week sure or i don't hardly have one queued up hold on you have one i do ladies and gentlemen she has one i wonder where the podcast ghost went i don't know i haven't heard him in a while so i find this one very interesting it's uh, from Margaret. She says, I have a seven-month-old dog who, when we go in the backyard, if we stay on the patio, he doesn't bother us. But if we go on the grass, he starts attacking us, biting at our clothes, barking, jumping, growling. How do I correct this? Hmm. So he's possessed. <laughs> we have he's a got the holiday spirit. So... You know, when I read that, I'm like, well, okay, that's not a question I get every day. That's definitely not common. 
So if you are also experiencing this, I would I would like to hear more about it. Um, to Margaret, I definitely have some follow-up questions. You know, um, how long have they had him? Have they had him since he's a puppy? Has he always done this? Is this something new? Did she say how old? They seven months. Up? He's seven months old. He's seven months. So yeah. he's, he's, he's young. little. He's young. I would like to see a video of it. Like, could this just be zoomies? Could Is this he just play? overstimulated? Yes. Yeah, I don't think he's possessed. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a little early for possession. Yeah. But I, it sounds, with a seven-month-old, it sounds like it could be a case of the zoomies and a little bit of overstimulation. Mm-hmm. But, Margaret, if you can film it and email it to us. Have you spoken to her yet about No, this? not yet. Okay. So, Margaret, if you can film what's happening and email it, and Jamie will link up with you, or you could even text it. Uh, we'll figure that out. Mm-hmm. I would really be interested to see what's going on. Yeah, would I need it, I need to see it. It's what a seven month old. Chances are you're dealing with some type of overstimulation, and there's there's a ton of things you can do to manage that. Mm-hmm. But do you have any tips if it is overstimulation? What you think we should do here? Yes, if it's overstimulation, what I'm thinking is that he's just, or maybe that's like where they play. Maybe that's where they do fetch and run around with him and stuff like that. So he's realizing the second they step off the patio, maybe it's time for him to play. So maybe desensitizing to the fact that they're on the grass. Um, If this was me and um, a client came to me with this, I would have the client step off the patio and the dog gets tons of treats. So we're kind of bypassing the behavior because it seems like it's a trigger for him. That's definitely one of those behaviors that can turn into a routine. Oh, yes. Yeah. And can get want to bypass it. It can definitely get more um, more intense as you go. Remember um, Linus? With the pugs, when you picked up the tennis ball, mm. it was. I, I feel yeah. like it's a little similar. Linus loves his tennis balls, loves the backyard. But the second you would pick that tennis ball up, and it was mostly the mom when she picked up the tennis ball, he would get he would get very intense. Yeah, his eyes would change, and he was like kind of like parkouring off of her, and kind of like like nipping up at her hand that had the tennis ball. Um, so we worked really hard on kind of desensitizing him to this and calming him down and her having him sit and wait before she physically picked up the ball. It kind of got him out of that craziness. Again, like like I said earlier, bypassing the behavior. We don't want a command to manage it. We want a command to kind of get over that behavior. So we we almost make the behavior extinct. We don't want the behavior to come back. So right. so um, we have to train it out in a way of we're never, never really letting them do it. And that's a perfect age to do something like that. Yes, he's so young. Yeah. Um, so what I'm thinking is that stepping onto the grass is a trigger for your puppy. And that if we kind of switch it up and do something that he really likes to distract him away from the fact that you're stepping off of it, we can kind of just desensitize him to you stepping onto the grass in general. Yeah. But I definitely want to see it if it if it's play or if he's really, really upset for some reason, mm-hmm. which it's not on. It's not unheard of. Right. I, it's just probably more likely that it's going to be play and overstimulation because he's so young. Um you know, if if it was an older dog, I'd be I'd be pretty concerned to see I agree. something like that. I definitely agree. Do you have anything else you'd like to add to this Halloween episode? No, just try and stay safe. Really, just um, put your dogs first. And I know it gets stressful with the door ringing and stuff like that. So do whatever you can to keep them safe or out of the situation. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Keeping them safe is is doing whatever you got to do. Don't feel like you're being mean because leaving them out in the front of the house where the door is 
is probably more stressful and mean than taking them out of the situation. Yeah, I agree. And uh, have fun. Yeah. You only and get to you, stay once a year. If you take your dogs out trick-or-treating, just be safe. Yeah. If you head over to Facebook, you can look for the Post University Dog and Puppy Support Group, Puppy and Dog Support Group, something like that. Join it or put a request in to join it and then share with us photos of your your dogs dressed up. Yeah, and then we can post it on Instagram. That's all we have for this episode. If you would like to buy us a coffee to support the show, and like I said, it doesn't necessarily need to be coffee. Just write in there that you want it to be a bone for Oakley or a, a greenie, a denti, a green, greenie or a dentist stick for Pudgelina. She doesn't eat dentist sticks. She's a greenie girl. Yeah, you're right. Greenie all day because she's got expensive appetite. She's bougie. She's bougie. Uh, head over to all these links are in the show notes, so you could just open up the show notes and click it right from there. It's super easy, but buymeacoffee.com forward slash awesome. You tired over there? You yawning on me on my it's, outro? Sorry. It's like 1030 at night. Follow us on Instagram at Possum University. We're also on Facebook. Like I said, we have our Facebook owner support group. We're uh, a nice community of a couple hundred people right now mm-hmm. growing. Yep. You can put any of your questions out there, any dog related questions, looking for product recommendations. Um, Would you ask the trainer? We've been getting a lot of those lately and they're they're good questions. Yeah. But if you want to ask the trainer, just go to the Ask the Trainer link because otherwise we'll probably lose it. Yeah. Because we get so many things from all these different social media channels. It's so much easier if you go to PulseUniversity.com forward slash ask and submit your questions for there. Might take a little while to hear back or to hear it on the podcast, but we will get to every single question. Yes, because then I can keep it in my mailbox as unread and then I will read it eventually. Yes. On the podcast. Um, but I would like to do a shout out for my virtual training clients right now from the show. You guys are doing awesome. And I'm so happy that you guys reached out for this because I think it's really, really working for your dogs. Um, if you have been thinking about doing a virtual training and you're worried about um, the fact that it's virtual, you'd be surprised how much we can get done over FaceTime yeah, and Zoom. So yep. um, I've had zero complaints from the current clients. I think we have about 15 right now that are loving it and they have their homework and, and they're, even if you want to do one session, um, I'm all ears. Uh, you can do as many or yeah, as little as you want. In, so no, there's, we don't do packages because we don't believe in them. So um, if you have a topic that for your dog, you're something that you guys are struggling with and you just can't get a handle on it, let's set up a virtual training and we do one session, you're done. Whatever you want to do, just as long as you feel like you're being heard and that you're taking a step in the right direction. Maybe we should start doing a most improved on the virtual training side. We used to do most improved for our in-person trainings. We talk about it for the week on the podcast. Yeah. Maybe next week you should do most improved virtual training client. I think we can absolutely do that. Oh, wait, shout out to um, my virtual training client, Sasha with her dog, Cooper. She had a baby today. Congratulations, Sasha. I haven't heard from her, but she texted me this morning and she said that she was being induced. So I'm assuming the baby's here right now. <laughs> I hope yeah. that the baby's here. Well, it'll be here by Wednesday. Exactly. So um, congratulations, Sasha. You guys are going to do great. And congratulations, Cooper. Yes. Big brother now. Yes, to a little sister. Amazing. Yes. All right, guys. That's all we have for this week. Send us your ghost stories if you have them. Yes. Seriously. So we have something to talk about on Friday. Yeah. All right, guys. Until next week. Class dismissed. Ha 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 ha.